You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, Sid Talk. You talking to me? Uh, are you You're listening to me? You talking to me? Hello. Thank you for welcoming me to my own office in my own house. That's very generous of you. And we're welcoming... Uh, will all these people fit in? <laughs> yes. Yes. All the people listening? Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I predict? Yes. All right. So, uh, what is our pre-show discussion? Before the after-the-show discussion... Do you not know the name of it? That I named it? Um, was movies... The movie, other movies about this same subject. Um, The Sims. It was kind of random. Yeah, we talked about The Sims. We talked about... um, Excuse me, my chair's rattling. (laughs) We talked about... uh, How much? Movies with dogs in them a little bit. Well, I said that already. We talked about... This is riveting. Uh... Some burger, but not burgers that we had yesterday. Yep. And uh, we will mention those later in the show. Anyway, it is Saturday, September the 2nd. I'll just say, if I was already listening to this for the first time, we'd be like, oh, what are they doing? <laughs> They're really boring. <laughs> Keep listening. You want It'll us get to, better. You want us to get to it quicker? Is that what you It'll say? get Maybe better. Maybe we should ditch the before the after the show. <laughs> no, no. That's my and favorite part. get straight part. into it. It's my favorite part. It's Saturday, September the 2nd. This is after the show number 495. Uh, we're a podcast. We review movies every week. And this week's movie is Megan Levy. It's a 2017 movie. Releases on Blu-ray this upcoming Tuesday, September the 5th. It'll be available. You can. Uh, it's from our friends at Universal. And it's a PG-13. And Sid Talk will give you the short synopsis of Megan Levy. This is based on the true story of uh, a marine and the canine, the dog, that she trained and then went on missions with um, in Afghanistan. Yes. And the bond. And then also, don't forget, the, the movement that she started in real life to make sure that these dogs get accredited as war heroes. Because of their own sacrifices and their own, uh, you know, that's what it's about. One specific lady. Well, Marine, we'll say. Yep. So, uh, you can go first. What do you think of the movie? I Megan really Levy? liked it. I thought it was high quality, really good stuff. And I was intrigued the entire movie. Like, it looked amazing. I was, I was like on edge. I was super emotional. And let me just tell everybody, I don't give a shit about animals. Well, that's not true. That is true. I couldn't care less. I'm not an emotional animal person. I don't go, oh, look at the doggy. No, that shit. I don't want an animal. I don't get all fuzzy when I see dogs, cats, kittens, puppies, panda babies, giraffe babies. None of that shit. However, (laughs) we are vet. I was going to say veterinarians. We are vegetables. We're not veterinarians. (laughs) We're vegetarians. And part of that over the 10 years has... Not vegan, right? Vegan's a lifestyle of promoting the life of not exploiting animals or living creatures at all. We're vegetarians, which means we don't eat meat. We still eat eggs and dairy. 
So we're not on the fronts of, you know, advocacy and all that kind of stuff. However, the, the more time you spend not eating dead animals <laughs> and looking around, acknowledging that they really aren't here just because we can destroy them and eat them and shit them out, right? Then you start turning the focus to other things and like, how can a person lovey-dove up on a dog and turn around and, you know, bludgeon a animal to death and then slice it up and eat it? Like, it, it, there's a disconnect there somewhere unless you're actually truly trying to survive. So what this movie did for me was it kept making me cry because of understanding, I don't know about every animal, so I won't say that, but dogs definitely have personalities and they understand what's going on around them most of the time. And these animals, without making it their choice, are put into this position of being a soldier. And they call them in the movie like a warrior. They're trained to sniff out the bombs. They're trained to sniff out explosives under the ground and in houses and cars and whatnot. They didn't ask to do that. And yet they do it, and they're observing the people around them, and they bond with the people around them. They will see the enemy as an enemy, just like we do. And I think taken for granted a lot. Like the horses, we've seen um, War Horse, right, which was World War One, and how the horses of World War One were essentially soldiers also. And so sacrificed without choice. They didn't choose to do it either, but the bravery or whatever, I don't know what it is in an animal. I um, never so thought of War Horse, uh, but yeah, War Horse is another movie like this that makes you think about animals yeah, in a different way. That they're brought into the human conflict with, you know, they're neutral. If you put that horse in Germany or Poland or America or England, they don't give a shit where they are and neither do the people around them. But in that moment, you're using that animal like a weapon, but in fact, you have to reason with it. You have to talk to it. You have to train it. You have to care for it. You have to feed it. They rely on you. They also learn to understand the vibe around them. You know, they're not, they're not computers. They're creatures with, you know, so that's what this movie does for me. It makes me just const was constantly aware of these people, animals, I don't know what else to call them, that are, you know, they're put in our fight. And then kind of ignored, maybe. But this kind of brings it to light that, no, shouldn't ignore them. You know, they deserve the same care and aftercare and understanding. And But when they um, show them in the kennels, it's like they're in jail. Yeah. That was the part where I, even she couldn't deal with that. She actually... She crawls in there with it or takes it into took her. her dog take into, in, yeah. yeah, took her dog in Yeah, to get on a bed and sleep with her. But um, that was... That, that, to me, that was like, oh, the, these these dogs are not being treated like soldiers. They're being stuck in a cage, you know? But essentially, so are soldiers. I mean, you're just stuck in a... Yeah. You know. Yeah. You do have the choice. You signed up for it. They didn't. Yeah, so these dogs, they... Uh, and I was just looking at real stories of these war dogs, as they call them. Um, tons of them, I'm talking thousands of war dogs, get blown up just because they stand on the thing before, you know, they're supposed to sniff out the devices, but some of the devices are so well hidden or so... Um, Insidious. Yeah, really, really know. hard to... They, yeah. they trip the wire themselves and blow up. Now, that saves a soldier's life, but it also... 
kills, like sacrifices the animal. Kills a highly trained dog that probably took. What this movie really highlights is that people are assholes. And don't delude yourself. Enemies are assholes. We're assholes. All of us. Because we've devised ways of blowing the fuck out of each other. Just by walking down the street, just by driving your car down the road, whatever. And then someone else has to figure out how to counteract that by finding the device. So now we're going to pull in weird training and understanding of the other humans, their ability to be fuckers. And then we have to bring in animals to like, because we know they have good sniffers. And then we have to figure out ways to then destroy them. I mean, that's really another thing that comes to your mind is like, well, you know. Yeah, and unfortunately, um, like I said, the animals, it wouldn't matter what country they're in. They're neutral. They're not patriotic or anything. They don't know that they're an American soldier or no. that they're a unfortunate Afghanistan suicide bomber or whatever Taliban suicide bomber walking into a crowded crowd of people or anything like that. They don't know any of that. And um, there's a just like a little thing in the movie where uh, one of the soldiers says that the Taliban like to kidnap the American dogs and then strap bombs to the dogs and let them go back at the owners. Yeah. And that is a real thing too. That's happened many times. I, I assumed a lot of what we were hearing was very... Yeah, because this Megan Levy is a real person. Yeah. I didn't know anything about her at all. I'd never heard her name, I don't think, but I knew of the story. Oh, you did? So Of the story, yeah. Um, spoilers. If you've not seen this movie, go and see it. And then come back and listen to what we have to say. Because after this point, there will be some spoilers. So, I um, thought that she died. Because you just thought the vibe I just was... had the vibe of that she died. Yeah. And the dog tried to save her or something. I, I just thought that was what Or it was. that the dog was going to die trying to save her. I thought that she died, definitely. And maybe the dog survived or died with her. Like they were both. But, um, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> the dog actually dies. Um, I just read, a tr you know, the movie... The dog leaves... doesn't die in the, the movie? Not in the movie. The the movie, <laughs> the dog dies after, overall. In, the dog's dead now, is what I mean. In real life, yeah. yeah. So, and the movie kind of glosses over some stuff really quickly, just to get to the end of the movie, I guess. But the dog actually got um, dog palsy, um, and it couldn't move its face properly and its tongue was hanging out. Aww. So I saw some pictures of the dog before it died and um, they don't cover that in the movie. They just say, oh, the dog's very ill. Yeah, they don't even say what he's got or anything. It was no. kind of weird. Which cause... was weird because it was a question. I said to you as soon as the movie finished, what Why was, what was the dog ill with? Yeah, because they say in it, he's not doing very good. And then you're like, from the injury? Because he got blown up once. I assumed it was they from the yeah. blowing up. Yeah, but it was it was unrelated. It was just another thing. Um, but they don't cover that at all, which I was left asking questions at the end, which maybe is good because you can go off and read the true story, um, which is fairly close to what this is. But I feel like they did leave all that part out. And they do have one of those black cards at the end that says yeah. the dog died at this age. and But uh, yeah, they don't really cover it. Um, these dogs are just amazing, really. I mean, what was interesting about this dog in particular was... It was kind of a little bit vicious. And what I liked about this story is that Megan Levy was kind of a bit of a fuck-up in life. <laughs> uh, not 
super fuck up, but she drunk too much and she kind of, um, like she said, checked out of life quite a bit just because she was hurt by something that happened to her. And, um, she, I don't, she didn't even know that she would get into this profession. Like she got into the army. They didn't really, the thing about it is they didn't tell us much about her at all. I thought it was a bit rushed at the beginning. Yeah, it kind of tells you she's laying around the house drinking and her mom's kind of a bitch about it and a friend died, so that kind of threw her off the rails. But we don't know, you know, she could have been a dog lover. We don't know if she was. Yeah, we don't, they didn't tell us anything. So, but then they don't also explain it as she meets the dogs that this is new or that this is something she's always wanted to do. They breeze over all of that. There is no connection between why, what drew her to the animals. Now, one person said one line that said, you're not very good with people. Yeah. That's about, that's all you got to cling on to. So it's the only thing I think they missed out on was I'd, telling me a little more about her personality. I mean, it came off, like, once she started interacting with the animals and uh, figured that she had there's something about that she could probably it almost felt like she she was taking it on as a challenge that this kind of vicious dog is always barking at her no i can probably tame this dog if i try yeah and it gave her something to focus on because she was in a shitty period of her life but yeah i would have liked to know was she a dog lover originally you know or was this just all brand new to yeah because that just- could lend a lot to her patience and her connection with it like immediately yeah. but we don't get any of that and then another thing i really liked about this uh, movie i thought it was really good was there's a love relationship between her and another soldier but it's not it never comes to anything it's not typical mm. and it's more about her love of the dog yeah which is which, good which was better because uh, there's a moment where she speaks to... Well, they've not seen each other for a while, and then she go, she speaks to the uh, soldier boyfriend. They've not, they've not been together for a while, and he even knows. Well, this is just isn't... He says this isn't our time. Yeah. That she's just focused on the dog, Rex, and that's her life. Like, it's, he's not really involved in it. So I like that because it wasn't typical. But there I again, agree. this is a true story. I don't know what happened. I don't know if that guy's a real guy or what. You know. <laughs> Why? Because the extras were not yeah. even non. They were pretty much no. And I went on Wikipedia, and Megan Levy's page is very sparse. Like it's mm. it's it's not a whole detailed. Like most Wikipedia pages have a whole detailed story, but hers is really brief. Like and and it is less than what the movie tells you. So that was weird. But um, I thought it was well played. I. It has a fairly small budget, and it's not R-rated, so it um, stays clear of like anything gory to do with war. In True. fact, even when they get blown up, there's just a couple of patches of blood on her face. It's not like a yeah. like what you would think of somebody getting blown up. They kind of keep it. Is that to keep it PG-13? Yeah, I would imagine so. She she says one F word. It's it's in that PG thirteen space. Like there's no, the horrors of war don't fully hit me in this movie. True, because it feels like they can't go very far. Like like so, but it does work for this story. Like because I don't think you need to see the horrors of war in that way. I mean, maybe if it was an R rated movie, you might see some dogs get blown up properly to make you 
that would make them more like, emotional. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, it, it got me emotional. Yeah, but in a PG-ish kind of way. Like, I don't know if this movie needs to be adult, to be honest. Even, like, the love scenes are very vanilla, aren't they? There's nothing, yeah. and there's nothing here that would offend anybody, I don't think. Well, she has a, she has a pee behind a thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a friend vomits, you know, it's, there's nothing really. So anybody True. could really watch it. And a lot of people love animals, so I think this movie would sell to a lot of people, don't you think? Like, um. I think there's a lot of elements to it that people would, could not, I don't know about identify with, just like me. Again, not an animal person. But the concept of bringing them into our conflict is what kind of I feel like interests me. I feel like the cover to this Blu-ray sells it to a lot of people. Walmart shoppers who are in there <laughs> when the new Blu-rays come out. There's the American flag. There's a soldier, and there's a dog. It just yeah. There's a lot of audience for that, I think, and it's based on a true story as well. Um, and if you've heard of it. Then that it would adds to it. So I feel like it would probably, you know, be a popular movie. Um, I found it emotional also, weirdly. Like, at the end, I found it really emotional. And it wasn't because it said the dog had died. When she walks into the Yankee Stadium. Yep. There was something about that, wasn't there, which was like, ooh, she's... And it wasn't that, because she was a Yankee fan and all that, but it just... I don't know. I agree. It was unidentifiable emotion. Yeah, it was one of those things where you're like, <laughs> don't even am know I emotional because she's overcome everything and this is like the pinnacle of, she's, you know, I don't know. I, I don't either. <laughs> I don't know. Because it's not like, oh, it's a really sad scene where the dog's dying or anything like that. It's not that kind of movie. It's not like the end of the movie is, you know, the dog dying or they have to put the dog down and then, you, yes, you'd definitely be crying, right? But, it's not that. She, as the lady, Megan Levy, wants to adopt the dog. So, yeah. So, like this, you're, you're in the army, or the marines in this case, and you're a dog handler, and you work with this dog for a couple of years. You gain this bond, and then you leave, and they keep the dog because it's their property. It doesn't go with you. But then it's time for that dog to not be a soldier anymore. And what the army do is, what, put it down, right? I if don't it's, know for sure, but that it, sounded like That's it. what it sounded like. Like, And this dog was poorly anyway, so it, they probably just the easiest way is put the dog down and then train another dog. So she's... Tr- you would think as a person, well, she was its owner and now she's not a soldier, so can't the dog just but be... But then it's like saying, you. I mean, I know it's a living creature, but it's also then like a soldier wants to take their gun home and they can't, you know? Right. So... So you would think, though, as a person, well, she could just go but to also, the go that, to the army and sign off on the dog, and the dog can come home, and she can live happily ever after. Yeah, if it's not dog. well, definitely. If it was like still, you know, in service, then it still has service to provide. Right, but this dog wasn't. Correct. But the army was saying, no, that dog is unfit to be with a person and go home. Like it can't be discharged. Because why? It's at one point. Some woman wrote on a piece of paper that it was a bit... I love know. that scene because she's like, you have a power trip or something? Because that's what that lady yeah. seemed like. Well, basically, sure. like, the, the dog is being checked out and the dog's a bit snappy. It's got a muzzle on, but, you know, you can see it's a bit snappy. But There's like a bitchy veterinarian like, who's never liked the dog. And Megan Levy says, look, she's not 
the dog's not snapping at you. The dog's hurt, and you're touching where it's hurt. You would do the same thing if I started prodding you where you'd been blown up. But so she wasn't having it. No, and she writes down like this dog, you know, is not suitable. So then <laughs> Megan has to figure out how to get to the bottom. It of is that. that story, and that goes with my recommendations later. Is this thing of in life you might stumble upon the thing that you need to do your with your life, and she's stumbled across it. And that anything you want to do, if you decide, if I decide now I'm 49 years old, I want to become a brain surgeon. It sounds highly unlikely, but it's not impossible. I would have to go through a lot of processes and a lot of education and a lot of paperwork and seek out every single step along the way what I would need to do to get there. I may not ever achieve it, but I could figure out the process just like an 18-year-old does when they decide they want to be a brain surgeon, right? Yep. So in her case, she had to find the process and create... A process because it wasn't even there. I don't believe. Yeah, nobody. Yeah, the, well, the not the adoption part, but the appreciation of the dogs as soldiers and as sacrificing themselves and their aftercare and all that kind of stuff. She had to sort of invent that along with pushing forward with, you know, not just giving up. And in life, we all kind of go, "Oh yeah, that's movie stuff," but it really isn't, is it? Because no. I've known people who've become nurses. You knew a guy who became a lawyer yep. when he was. What, late in his 30s? Yep. From scratch? Changed his career completely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it's very possible, and this movie makes, reminds me of that also, that there there really are no limits. That's all down to that, the one conversation she has with her dad. Yep, I agree. He comes in the room, and she's kind of given up on everything, really. I like what he says. She's just lying in a bed, just wallowing. And he <laughs> like she was her. before, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he said you're a goddamn marine. He didn't say that. He said you're a freaking marine. Yeah, I was just using a. Yeah, non, but you're. I was going to say effing, but hyperbolic. He didn't say. He didn't even say the f word. He said freaking because he was a nice guy. <laughs> but that whole that's where she realized. I oh, think more than that, he said. She said, "What if I can't? What if I fail?" He goes, "Well, keep failing until they're throwing dirt on your corpse." That is actually the answer because <laughs> you either choose to be. Miserable and complacent and accept that you're miserable and complacent. Or you choose to do the thing that needs to get done to get yourself unmiserable. Right? Because one of these days, you're going to be dead. And that'll be that. There will be no choice then. So I thought that's what I liked about that little talk. And uh, in real life, she did uh, approach the senator guy on the steps. I wondered about that. So she dressed in a uniform and approached. She's trying to phone all these people to try and get something happen. Eventually, she just decided, I'll, I'll put my soldier's uniform on, go to the steps of the, what would you call it, Congress. Mm, not sure where he was. And um, actually confront the senator. And luckily, the senator didn't, the senator took to her. And actually, that's how it all got passed. So, um, yeah, she just made it happen, basically. So, yeah, it's one of those uplifting stories with... A certain amount of sadness in it. Yep. Because she's not like a perfect person. She's The way she's wrote anyway in this, I'm not sure about her in real life, but the way she's wrote here, she's kind of messed up a bit. She can't really deal with people very well. So dogs is a good outlook for her. <laughs> so the uh, cast here, Kate Mara plays Megan Levy. What did you think of Kate? I thought she did a really good job. I was a little skeptical at first. 
And then I quickly got over it because she, other than the bad extensions in her hair, and that was out of her control. Wow, I didn't even <laughs> notice that. Oh, the bu- the yeah, the bushiness was too much. Oh, I didn't notice. I had to get over that's that. All, that's not something I even <laughs> noticed. I, I Seriously, I, I can't even think of it now. I eyeballed it pretty quickly. Whenever she has big scraggly hair, hmm. it's obviously they've stuck extensions up under her hair to make it look a bit more bushy. Um and that's a weird thing to get hung up on. But there are times you just like, ah, you know, it's like ragdoll effect when the human is a CGI character. You're kind of like, ah. Yeah, she. I thought she was good as well. I life. thought she was. She just, she had the right emotion, the right sort of, it wasn't like she became superhero or anything. She was just herself. And I, you know, even when she gets hurt and then they're like, you, you need to go back. She's like, no, these assholes blew us up. We're going on. Like, because she was oh, just, yeah, yeah. I think that's just how she was. And I, I felt like it wasn't too much. She didn't become like, dun, 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 dun. You know? No, in fact, they don't. Um, yes, they show a bit of her in on a tour of duty, but they don't. That's not the main part of the movie, is it? It's not like it's an action movie at Correct. all, really. I mean, there's, there's some small scenes of them, but it, this, it's not a big action movie. Yes, there's a shootout in the middle of it, but it's more about the other parts, when she comes home and before she goes there, the, the big parts. Um, Raymond Rodriguez plays Matt Morales. This is the uh, love interest of hers, who she <laughs> meets. Um, we know him better as... Bakuda. Yeah. An from, Iron Fist. Uh, Iron Fist, yeah. Um, I really liked him. In fact, at first, I didn't think it was... I, I was like, I know this guy. Is it the guy from Iron Fist? No, <laughs> surely it's not. And then... Yeah, it was. Yeah, he's good too, right? I mean... Yeah, he's fine. That, I mean, it was kind of interchangeable, to be honest, but... Yeah, but the conversation... I like the conversation when they were playing cards together. That was one of my favorite parts. Yeah. Where she starts telling him about a past, and he doesn't say anything at all. I was waiting for a reaction from him. She's telling him about what happened to her friend and what made her kind of want to join the Marines. And it's really sad. And he's yeah, just looking at her. You have to remember, maybe he's got a worse story, but so yeah. he's, he's, he can either be thinking, okay, or wow. You know. Well, that's what I liked how that played out. It didn't have yeah. a, um, it was like a real thing. Like some people just don't know what to say to you. Or they're like, Wow, that person just told me that stuff, and that's all they needed to do. Like, I, that's all they needed. They don't need me to say anything. They just want to unload the stuff. So, yeah, it was good. Uh, Tom Felton plays Andrew Dean. He's a guy who she meets along the way. Um, I really liked him. Mm-hmm. He's, like, really, he's the inspirational character in this movie, because whenever she meets him, he gives her a talk about what's good about being in the Marines or how she should deal with something. Um, it doesn't end up very good for him, does it? <laughs> Bradley uh, Whitford plays Bob. This is her father. What do you think of Bradley Whitford? He's better than I usually like him. Usually he plays a real dickhead, that guy. Are you talking about a stepfather guy or a father-father? No, father? Uh, a actual father. Okay, yeah. He's usually like that hyper... We've seen him in movies where he's just like a jerk, and I thought this time he really dialed it all back and was a guy who we find out through the course of the movie that the guy with her mother was actually his best friend, and they cheated, and blah, 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 and he's just a working guy, works for like a road surfacing company or whatever, and he has an old pickup truck in his driveway, so maybe he's kind of boring, maybe he's kind of hardworking, but his speech, his little talks to her makes sense like she respects him i liked um there's a there's a, 
a part in this where she's like when she's qualified to be a marine and her actual you know her parents uh turn up late <laughs> yeah. and she and it's just no, like it's her mom and her step her mom and her stepfather just turn up and they're late and she's you can see the disappointment she's like well these these people just fucked up again. Yeah, I don't think I don't know if she's disappointed. Just I think expects she it. Expects it, and I think she was glad to be on her own. But then there's another time later on where she comes back and her actual father picks her up and he salutes her, which I thought was really yeah. Because you didn't you didn't know about the father at that point. You didn't know what he was. But um. But that he wasn't really welcome in her life as far as her mother was concerned, right. and so he's keeping his distance, but. He's right. He's supportive of her. So, um, a mother's actually played by Edie Falco, who plays Jackie Levy, who you will know from The Sopranos, of course, or Nurse Betty. Yeah, um, always good. I think. Yeah, she can. She's um, she's really believable as a mother. I would definitely think that. You know, a mother's not not fully. She tries like buying her. A, she's definitely believable, but she's horrible. Yeah, she tries, like, she <laughs> tries sometimes, like, she buys her a dog thinking that will be a replacement, but obviously that was the wrong thing to do. <laughs> yeah, and not getting it, yeah. No, she just... Well, it's um, like, if your husband leaves you, and two days later your mom comes home with a guy and says, honey, look, he's single, you yeah. know, like, that's not helping. And uh, Will Patton plays her stepfather in this. Um, I love Will Patton. I think he's fantastic. I said <laughs> to you at the beginning... um, Oh, they're the best parents to have, Edie Falco and Will Patton, <laughs> right? But uh, yeah, Will Patton plays this. He's the stepfather. Obviously, there's been tr- trouble with the real father, and he's Correct. his friend, was his friend, and uh, he's a bit of a loser. But I love Will Patton, and I think he played it really well. I like it when she says to him, get a job, Jim. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, um, and then finally, I'd put down Common plays Gun- Gunny Martin. Now, Common's a uh, rap guy. He's also an actor in some other things, and uh, he plays uh, like a the head of the dog unit. Um, what would you call him, sergeant? Gunnery sergeant, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of Common here? He was good. I mean, his character is what it is. It is um, he's supposed to be the hard ass with a heart, and that's exactly what he does. Like he's yeah. hard on her at the beginning, but then of course. Tells her like it is and totally understands. He sympathizes with her along the way. And, I mean, he fulfilled all the parts. I thought he was fine. I like it when he says about um, the dogs, actually, nobody really thinks about the dogs. We're actually their family as well. Yeah. That, that was an interesting um, way of looking at it. Because, like, yeah, they're not just animals. They bond with us. When they lose us... When the soldier dies, but the dog's still alive. He said, that dog over there is still looking for its owner, yeah. but his owner died. And it will always be looking for its owner because they bond together, you know. So I never thought about it from that side. But yeah, this movie does make you think about the bond between, you know. Definitely. When you see a policeman with his dog, even. Like, police do the same thing, don't they? They have these dogs. It's kind of like, you, if you think about it from a different point of view, like if you're another intelligent species flying to the earth and then look at this, it's like we're really horrible because we manipulate these dogs, yeah. these creatures, into doing what we want. And horses. With an emotional and- thing, and yet we don't always look at it that way. So the director of this movie is Gabriella Copperthwaite. 
And she directed one other thing, and it was a movie called Blackfish, and it was a documentary about killer whales. Did you ever see that? I don't think so. I've seen it on Netflix so many times when I've been browsing through, but never actually watched it. It's actually uh, Oscar-nominated. So she obviously is an animal person, because, you know, there's two animal films that she's done. Um, What do you think about her direction? That was really good, because you felt in the middle of it sometimes, and then other times you were observing it. Like, like naturally observing a, a two shot of two people talking, and it wasn't like shaky cam to the to ruin there was your some eyeballs of that, a little, um, but hand-held. only um, only appropriately, I thought. Um, so that was good, and it was well executed. All of it looked really good. Yeah, um, this movie was like a three and a half million dollar budget, which is really small for a movie, but this movie manages with that budget to have action scenes. Lots of people in in the movie. There's lots of extras and yeah, you know the. Um, I feel the only thing I do feel that was wrong with the movie for me was the beginning of it felt really rushed. Like it, it did. showed a basic training for like about thirty seconds. Uh, I wasn't feeling like I, I don't know her. Like I, I need to know her a bit more. I need to see her outside of the of this. All we see of her outside at the beginning is uh, her kind of sitting on a bench, like feeling sorry for herself a bit, Correct. and uh, s- sleeping in a bed at home, and being told she's not good with people. Yeah, and then she's a marine. Yeah, I would like to see a bit bef- maybe before the the accident. That or oh, is it an accident? Well, before the thing happens uh, with a friend, maybe to see what what kind of a person she was fully. But yeah. You don't really get a grasp for her at all until about a third of the way through the movie when you're like, oh, I understand what kind of person she is now. So that was the only thing I kind of... It just felt rushed at the beginning, really. But you do eventually figure her out completely. So um, extras on the Blu-ray. There is one. It's called Never Give Up. This is a movie. It's a true story. What better uh, movie to have some extras with the real (laughs) Megan Levy? (laughs) Well, this Never Give Up does have the real Megan Levy. She says about three lines of dialogue. And the rest of it is Kate Mara just telling you what the movie is about. Yeah. It's a promotional thing. There's no, like, the true story of Megan Levy, which would have been perfect for this. You can go on YouTube, obviously, and find loads of news stories and interviews with her. But I don't know why there was nothing put on the Blu-ray. It's weird. So there's just this one thing. It lasts three and a half minutes, and that's it. Um, Not much to go on. No, not much to go on. No commentary, no anything. Uh, So, in conclusion, Megan Levy. I really enjoyed it. I did too. I think. I didn't just enjoy it, because it's one of those, you do I enjoy being reminded of horrible things that happened in war, but I enjoyed the emotions it put me through, and... Skipping over to that sort of fantasy idea that when you latch on something in life that you truly can make your life, like he said, make it worth it. Now, it could, he could have been saying, make the suffering that you've done already worth it or make your life worth it every day. Make the thing that you latch onto, make your life worth that. And that's, yeah. that I really enjoy in it. You could feel it. You could feel that kind of populating the whole movie. So I like that a lot. Uh, so yeah, and there will be a lot of people crying at the end of this movie, <laughs> I guarantee you. Maybe not from sadness, but from some weird happiness that you might get at the end. 
<laughs> it's not really a sad thing. Like I say, that ending isn't sad. It's... Moving. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I enjoyed it. You enjoyed it. Yep. We'd recommend it <laughs> as a hive mind. As a hive mind. We are the Borg. <laughs> so, um, if you want to enter a contest, go to aschoolie.com. We have a contest upcoming to win all five Phantasm movies on a DVD. So uh, Nice. Check that out very soon. Perfect for the Halloween season. I'm ready. I'm ready to start. I'm not waiting until October this time. I've already started my Halloween movies. Uh, I'm going to kick off maybe later in the week with uh, another jaunt of Halloween movies, including one of my favorites, which is Hocus Pocus. And talking of Halloween movies, next week's Blu-ray review will be The Mummy with Tom Cruise. So we <laughs> I don't will... think of that as a Halloween movie. Well, it, it's a uh, no, Universal you... Monsters movie. Yeah, but it's not... You do not recall the original Mummy. It's not really that monstery. You mean we'll the say. black and white one? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. I didn't say it wasn't good. I'm saying it's not monstery. It's not like Halloween-y. It's not like as scary or creepy. It's a little more contrived like those kind of 30s and 40s movies were. Movie recommendations. I am going with, and this is not a movie, it's a British uh, drama series from the BBC. There's two seasons of it. It's called Our Girl. And it's about a girl who joins the British Army and goes to Iraq. And it's... This movie kept giving me flashbacks of it. Mm -hmm. The way it's kind of filmed and the way it feels, you know. And it's a, this the, the British show, it's really like the girl... And she's with a group of dudes, basically. This movie kind of had that a little... There wasn't any other... Oh, I, was gonna, I forgot to mention that this movie doesn't focus much on her being the only canine female leader. It doesn't focus on any other female mm -hmm. soldiers. I mean, it mentions it a little bit, mm. that she's the only one, and the, they make a comment about a previous female soldier, etc., etc., but it's not like a focus of it, which I really appreciated. Yeah, so um, Our Girl, it's BBC, um, there's two seasons, and it's two different girls, actually. Uh, and there's going to be a new season shortly, but yeah, it's a similar type of uh, story. Uh, and Jarhead, which is one of my favourite in recent memory, um, marine Recent type. memory? In recent memory, not <laughs> like going back to Apocalypse Now and all okay. that sort of stuff. Okay. Uh, a really cool, um, you know, uh, I like army stories or marine stories where you see the training as well. I always like to see how the person progresses to be the thing that they mm. are. And Jarhead's about a sniper and how he, you know, it's his whole progression through to being this sniper. And it's uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and it's really good. So I'll recommend Jarhead. It's also a little weird. Isn't it a little bit weird at times? Uh, no, I'm thinking of Three no. Kings. You're thinking of Three yeah. Kings. Now, that yeah. is weird, yeah. No, Jarhead's pretty standard, but it's uh, a really good telling of a sniper. Yeah. So yours are? Mine are... Dun, da, 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 because I mentioned it already, but this movie is kind of like... Well, it's not like it at all, but it's Year of the Dog, but in the Marines. You know, Year of the Dog is, and I always forget her name, but she is, well, she does a voice in Bob's Burgers. She's also from an old cast of Saturday Night Live. I can see her face. Yes, me too. But she is a woman who's got like a boring job. It's really, blah, you know, not great with men. And then all of a sudden she figures out that she's sort of uncontrollably compelled to care for 
dogs to care about, you know, something outside of herself. And then it becomes dogs. It's called the Earth Dog. And even like I said, I don't care about dogs and stuff necessarily. But there's something about that. The switch that goes off in these characters' minds where it's like, this is it. And it's controversial to everyone around you. And it's difficult. And it's not like straight. It's not a straight line to here to there. It's, you know, it's a difficult path to follow. And yet, I think you're the dog. And it's funny. It's got like weird comedy. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. But it's uh, it's touching also. And then my other one is, because I'm I trying to think of another movie where a person through the whole movie has a particular career or objective. And in the end, something flicks their switch and they realize, nope, this is what I have to do. And it's like, you know, something completely different. And it's our brand is Crisis with Sandra Bullock and Bob, Billy Bob Thornton. It's it's good. I don't remember being... I enjoyed it, I remember. It had its weaknesses, but that part of it, I really enjoyed this. Like, oh, right. So she's just, you know, yeah, gone counter to what her whole character was all about, which I liked. So uh, games and a Scully stuff this week. I've been playing some more Overwatch. They had a big update to Overwatch this week, and they've added Deathmatch for the first time ever, which is... Um, Normally it's a team-based game, but there's a new mode, which which is Deathmatch, which is you against seven other people, and it's every man for himself. Makes it really different, because normally you're working as a team and trying to figure out which are the best characters to go together as a team, but this is like you against all the others, um, and it's really fun. I, uh, I'm not a full Deathmatch person myself. I like Team Deathmatch, which they also have, where there's four against four. Because I find it better to be in a, on a team than on your own. Because if when you're on your own, there's always somebody who's way better than you. Always. <laughs> so um, I like being on a team better. So yeah, team deathmatch is good. I've also been playing a new game called Absolver, which is it's a very weird one. It's a fighting game, like a Street Fighter or something like that. But it's fully 3D where you wander around an open world. And all the other people who you fight in the world are real people, like uh, other people playing the game. So you're leveling up your character, you're exploring this world, and then when you do come across people to fight, and it's kung fu that you've got, you you unlock all the moves by beating other people in the world. Um, it's got a weird art style, like nobody's got a proper face. They, they wear <laughs> masks. It's kind of really... Um, the art style is very basic looking. But the animation's really cool because they do a lot of kung fu moves. Um, I probably played a few hours of it. It's cool that everybody in the game is a real person. Yeah, it's really a single player type of thing. It's not like you're teaming up with people. You're just exploring this world and every now and then you'll meet somebody. And you don't actually have to fight each other. Some people come up to you friendly. And then you've got to kind of figure them out. You can't actually speak to each other on your mic. All you can do is like a series of like emotes, like you can wave or you can like put your fists up. Or, Sounds you know. very modern. Yeah, so like sometimes people turn up and, uh, you you know, I'm just in the mind of, I need to fight all these people to get better, but some people don't want to fight you. They just want to come and have a look at what items you're wearing. And So yeah, it's really interesting. It's um, Absolver and you can get it on the PC or the PlayStation 4. I'm playing it on the PC. It's good. I also played the... Um, Destiny 2 beta this week. Um, but Destiny 2 comes out, 
actually next week on consoles, but in another month, 25th of October, on PC. Now, I was wondering what the PC version would be like, because they haven't ever put the Destiny on a PC. Um, there, it's always been a console game, but... And I played... How many hours of Destiny did I play? <laughs> Quite hundreds of hours of Destiny uh, on the PS4. Now, the PS4 Destiny was 30 frames per second, 1080p. So on the PC, your PC is way more powerful than your console. So it's actually 60 frames a second. And sometimes you would think, oh, games, like, if they're 30 or 60, it doesn't make any difference. It makes a hell of a difference. This game at 60 frames per second is so smooth... It's more like Overwatch. It just feels better to control. The graphics are way above what the console could do. Um, and the beta is finished now, but they had it for a week. Uh, I played a lot of it, and it does make me interested in playing Destiny again when I played so much of the original Destiny, I don't think I would ever play it again. <laughs> but the second one has got enough new stuff in this PC version that I would like to play it on the PC. So... That's Destiny 2. It's out in about a month. And that's my stuff for this week. What is Svengooly? Svengooly is a horror host. Horror. H-O-R-R-O-R. He dresses in a funny costume. He does bad jokes. He tries to be funny. And he presents a movie in a two-hour show that is often a universal classic, Frankenstein, Dracula, etc. Or, like tonight, it is... Monster on the Campus, is that right? Yes, Monster on the Campus. Right, so 19... it's like 30-something? No. Oh, 50 it was. 50. 59 or Yeah, something? so it's we're in the era of when movies and fiction tried to climb onto this idea of like mad science, where yeah. they would find weird chemicals and like turn you into a wolf. Gamma rays. Or, yes, gamma rays are involved in this one. And it's a, it's a fun show. It's it was fun. like a drive-in movie, apparently, this one. A big drive-in movie. When drive-ins were about. We don't right. see drive-in movies anymore, do we, much? No, no, we should, because, like, why not? They're not really a thing, but somebody, some big cinema chain should start bringing them back. You know, I so guess these days, though, if you're sitting on a hill, you're going to be able to just film it and sell it or, you know, pirate it easily, but there's got to be ways around that. Yeah, surely. So, uh, what's for dinner? Tonight will be, I didn't put it on there, tonight <laughs> for dinner will be some leftover rice, which was really delicious. Oh yeah, with with uh, raisins in the Correct. Rice. And some riced cauliflower with some seasonings, because good. that's really good. And some corn, Q-U-O-R-N is the brand name of chicken, C-H-I-K-N. <laughs> also, not a real chicken. Uh, it's vegetable protein, mushroom protein patties and i'll just cook them and that'll be that what you wanted me to mention was that last night yesterday we were on the biking trail and you chatted with a couple of elderly bikers who go all over the country and bike thousands and thousands of miles a year and they're vegetarian you had a long conversation with them apparently according to your phone it was what, probably 27? 25 minutes yeah. <laughs> and in that time you found out a recipe for what they call a veggie burger. I don't call it a veggie burger, but it was cottage cheese mixed with an egg and crackers and then add in some onions and peppers and then you just brown it in the skillet. It was delicious. It was really good. Yes. No, I we're, would talking, eat it we're again. not talking a little fat. Oh, except I did get the lowest fat cottage cheese I could find. I think it probably was fairly. No, it wasn't ridiculously high fat. It wouldn't be because um, use coconut oil, the crackers, obviously. So it's not low carb, it's not low fat, it's not like super healthy. It's very delicious. But it was like. 
one of oh, some of my favorite combination of things, which is cheesy mixed with fried, mixed with flavor of crackers. <laughs> it was really good and like easy to make. You just like yep. drain smash, the cottage cheese. Yeah, drained it a little bit, smash it up really, really, really good with the crackers till it's almost like a paste, and then mix in the onions and the egg and the peppers and cook the onions and peppers ahead of time so they're not all wet inside of there and then just made them into patties now they stick pretty bad so i don't know how to resolve that other than deeper oil actually I, the the fact that they stuck pretty bad made them taste better though. it did they got nicely browned yeah but it was really good i would like to make them even flatter so they're kind of like a wrap and I then fold the- them over with stuff inside so like mushroom gravy or something i never thought of cottage cheese mm-hmm. as a uh Binder almost, really. Yeah. Or as a fill. I mean, there's it, a protein, isn't it? And when you eat it and you just taste the cheese, because cottage cheese isn't very strong anyway, Mm-mm. but you have that creamy cheese kind of texture because it's and been eaten. And saltine crackers. I love saltine crackers. Yeah, it was really good. Um, so thank you to whoever you were. On, <laughs> yeah. didn't, they didn't tell me the names, even though they talked to me for 25 minutes. Um, <laughs> All they want to do is share you with that, that recipe. Maybe they were from the Cottage Cheese Council. <laughs> yeah, they were just people who bike a lot and... Uh, they were they would take they were having a quick twenty mile ride before they went for dinner, so um, thanks for giving me the recipe. It was really good. Whoever you are. Dun, 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 dun. So, what is your advice before? My we advice leave? tonight is, you know, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> good advice. Thank I don't you. No, well, I just get really. Well, you know. Really sick and tired of people trying to add. Meaning, and I'm not into, like, spirits or gods or anything like that. It just gets really boring that being alive, even if it can be super shitty, and it can for everybody. Some more than others. Some people have a more horrible life than others. I get that. But that's it. That's what you got. And if your life isn't shitty, and you're trying to make, find ways of getting more and finding more meaning, and I just think it's greedy and selfish. And if being alive isn't enough. Now, that being said, if it's not being enough, then I don't know what else, what are you wanting, right? Now, that being said, I don't have any afflictions that hold me back or I don't, I'm not like uh, physically con- contained in any way to be able to function, you know, in life. I don't have any limitations on that. I don't have any big um physical things to overcome. I don't have any mental health issues that might make life just more difficult to process or whatever the situation. So I'm talking from my perspective only. That doesn't mean that I haven't had really shitty things in my life. Some by my own bad choices, some just because that's life and other people's choices and decisions that they make and actions they take. It's more about confronting those bad things and going on over them and, and, you know... I don't need something external to to suck the badness out of me. Sometimes a good talk with a friend or something, yes, but they're not it's not like fantasy. It's not fiction. It's just somebody trying to make you feel better by saying they care about you or they do empathize or sympathize or they just pay on the back or they just or they'll say get over yourself. <laughs> like this isn't the worst thing that's ever happened to a person so stop your whining and shut up and get on with life right it could be that but True. I don't feel like if when everyone keeps seeking all these external unta- intangible things it's like you're ungrateful 
for just being existing at all. And I don't get it. So I don't, there's no advice in there. Thanks. <laughs> it just, uh, it wears you down. Like I just get like, oh my goodness. Can you not just, if today you're miserable and you're trying to find some external things to like lift you up and spiritually make you feel better and all that shit. How about just do something? Make something. Make someone happy without telling them it was you. Create a thing that improves someone's life without telling them it was you. Donate something without getting any credit. Build something. Make something. Write something. You know? Do the encouraging for a friend. Don't be afraid to be the asshole who says you are acting like a big baby. And you never know, because I just had a conversation with my niece recently, and I thought I was pretty harsh, and, you know, because I'm pretty straightforward, and I don't, even when you do have health issues, and, and emotional issues, mental health issues, there is still life to be lived, right? It is what it is, and I'm pretty straightforward with her, and I thought afterwards, I'm like, oh, she's so, she's really delicate, you know, you know her. Yeah. And... I thought I probably broke her down a little bit and made her feel like I wasn't at all on her side. So I texted her the two days after and I said, you know, I'm not a cheerleader. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to lick your ass or try to make you feel better just because I love you. Because my love for you is big enough that I can handle it if you get mad at me for telling you the truth. That's just, that's the way it should be. That if you stop loving me or you lose respect for me because I've told you something you don't like, then that says more about you than it does about me. She, I didn't say all that to her, but she we've had that conversation as well. She texted back and she said, my conversation with you helped me get through. She had to face a, like a meeting with, a, I don't know, the boss above the boss about some issues that she was having at her job, which is always... A, a recurring theme um, at every job she ever has and that my conversation with her about her, her perception of authority is just that authority isn't a fixed thing in life. A guy, some schmuck who's 30 years old, maybe younger than her um, standing next to you because he's been given a position of authority. Doesn't mean he has authority over you. It's ridiculous. What's the worst thing can happen if you lose your job? You have no money for a while, and then you get another job. She's a computer programmer and tester for software. So it's no shortage of jobs for her. may not be the same amount of money, but... So ultimately, what I, I wasn't sympathizing with her about this meeting. I wasn't going along with the whole, like, oh, poor me, I'm being persecuted in my workplace, and they don't understand me. I was more like, but he's nothing. In your life, he's nothing. He's just a guy. Pick up, think about his affectations. Think about his mood. Think about, think about his, the way he moves. Does he act cocky? Does he act arrogant? Or does he act like a decent human being? Whatever it is, focus on that and not your hang up about him being an authority figure and how that makes you feel and that you don't stand up for yourself and all that shit. And, uh, she said she thought about that before she went in and when she went in and it really helped her get through it. And so, you know, all right. There's, there's no advice in there either. <laughs> Thanks. Sure, anytime. So uh, I want to remind you about our website, sayschoolie.com and sitso.com. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. You can catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Google Play Store, or just go to aschoolie.com, click on the word podcast, and you can subscribe and uh, do all those things there. Uh, we still have a button, actually, I noticed yesterday, on a our um, podcast page that says Zune. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy movie would like that. That's funny. <laughs> Um, 
So, well, that was actually on one of the. I watch um, the Vlog Brothers and all their different sciencey videos, and one of them is the list videos that they do on YouTube, and one of them was um, discontinued products and the Zoom right. from the nineties. It was it was a good product. I love Microsoft mine. screwed it up. I loved it. You actually had two. Yep, I loved them. You had the original hard drive one, and then the solid state one that came out later. Thanks. I loved them. I still have them. I still have mine somewhere. (laughs) I have one too. They exist. Um, So, uh, thank you to Zune for, you know, (laughs) letting us buy your products and then screwing us off. Zune just existing was enough for me. Uh, You can email feedback to me at ascoli at ascoli.com. Don't email SidTalk. I want to say, um, stay classy, uh, Megan Levy, the real lady, because uh, yeah. that was a pretty good thing. And she's now a vet, a vet right? A veterinarian Not a vet. technician. It yeah, did. yeah. So, yeah, Whatever stay classy, means. Megan Levy. And I'm going to say, think for yourself, because if you don't do it, somebody's doing it for you.